Hello everyone, welcome to the Open Mic Comedy Podcast. I'm your host, Mark. If this is your first time here, welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. This is one of a series of podcast bonus episodes that are going to be called Comedy Night in the Spotlight, where I'll be speaking to people on the comedy circuit who run their own gigs, giving them the chance to tell you, the listeners, all about it, and how you can get involved in watching the comedy they put on, and also how to apply. So it is my great pleasure to welcome today's guest is Connor from Slap and Giggle Comedy. Hello, Mark. Thank you for having me on. No problem, mate. How are you doing? Yeah, I'm all good, thank you. It always sounds weird when people introduce it as Slap and Giggle. I know I picked a silly name, but I am reminded <laughs> when I hear other people say it every time. But I think that works for it. I think when people hear Slap and Giggle Comedy, it either makes people think or makes them laugh. So, yeah. Yes. Yeah, I, I did mention this to a friend of mine. He said, that's a really weird name. I said, yeah, but you're never going to forget it. Exactly. And I mean, one of the ways that I, I tend to kind of do it is on Instagram. And I like like to follow a lot of comedians. And I have find that a lot of people, if they've just found out that they've been followed just by slap and giggle, they do tend to have a look at it. So it yeah, is, it is working. Cool. So... um the night itself, so first, I guess the first thing we'll kind of get into is um, how long has it been running and why did you start it? So I I now run three venues um, and I originally started it back in August, I believe. So it's not ha- hasn't been going on for too long. Um, and it all kind of started because I was doing the open mic circuit and it wasn't the kind of shows that I wanted to kind of do. And I thought... Oh, I, I reckon that I can run my own show. I reckon that would be a bit of a challenge. And from there, I kind of, I was doing hosting pub quizzes. So for the first okay. venue I got was uh, the Coin Laundry in Clerkenwell, which is still one of my most popular venues. And I yeah. would do the pub quiz there on a Tuesdays. And the most people that ever turned up was, I think, eight. Um, <laughs> oh. Yeah, so the pub quiz didn't last very long there, but it's got a lovely kind of like cornered off area so once the pub quiz has got cancelled there i actually went and spoke to the the venue personally and said look you know me i've been here for the last few weeks making four people laugh downstairs like can i put on a comedy show and so they said they basically went yeah we'll do a little trial um yeah it's just gone from there where i do um coin laundry which is in clark and well never forever which is in kentish town and the little yellow door which is in notting hill and they're all on uh, two so i do them every two weeks oh so you'll do like the clark and well on week one and week three of the month yep is it two gigs a week or is it one gig a week every two weeks so for for instance at the moment it's uh next two yeah next tuesday is going to be the coin laundry and then the wednesday after that uh is going to be never forever and then the little yellow door and yep. um, it's another venue and, and there's they, they they're quite popular in themselves so it's kind of as and when i can do shows there so it's not as regular okay. but that's something that i'm hoping to change uh which one was it you come and did for me i did never forever got you yeah it's, it's, it's a bigger space never forever um and, but yep. i've had some really nice nights there and it's just it's sometimes a little bit harder to keep the crowd kind of going. And because it's a larger space, people kind of like hide away at times. Yeah. 
I, I did like the uh, the Never Forever. The thing that always struck me when I was there was the um, there's like I think it's an air conditioning unit that's at the back of the stage. Yeah, on the ceiling. And I always looked at when before I went on, I looked at. It, I went, I'm just under six foot. Trying to work out how tall you were, and you're obviously very tall. Thinking, right, if I, I need, how far forward do I need to stand until I take that one step back and go, ow? That, yeah, that's. I, I mean, low ceilings work for comedy. Um, low yeah. air conditioners make for concussions. But yeah, no, there's <laughs> the, the back of the there's a certain part of the back of the stage there that I can't get to without kind of going yeah. like that. But I think you, you don't want the opposite of having too high a ceilings because I think that. That that it doesn't kind of help with laughs. I feel like large rooms laughs get lost in. So have it nice yeah. and small and compact. But yeah, no, I've had it a, a few times where I can't fit on the stage or where I kind of have to like slump down, which yeah. is an odd problem to have, and I never thought I would really get into. Yeah, I do distinctly remember somebody. This is a bit of a tangent. I remember somebody getting on the stage at GMB at the Star of Kings, and they stood on the stage and their head was touching the ceiling. So yeah, I've, I've seen that just twice. To bring them down a bit. Yeah, yeah. You get, they've even got like a little kind of stage there as well. They just need to like shave yeah. off a few millimeters just so people <laughs> who are six foot five and over can actually manage to get in there. So you mentioned, um, is it Clerkenwell was the original venue? Mm-hmm. And so how how did you go about selecting like Never Forever? And um, so Never, um, was just... I was what happened was I originally started with Coin Laundry. Um, I'd been running that for literally, I'd done five or six shows and somebody come up to me and approached me and said, oh, can you come do a show with, with us? Um, we no longer do shows there, just didn't really work out. It wasn't the right venue for it. Um, and then Coin Laundry and Never Forever are part of the same chain. So, yeah, so they, they're completely different venues. You wouldn't be able to tell looking at them, but yeah, it's the the same person so when things are going well at coin laundry they kind of said do you want another one yeah sure so now i've got that and we've got uh, everything set into place where i go there and i know what i'm doing and they they like having the comedy there and they like having me there as well which is good so it's uh, it's worked out quite well and uh, the other venues i've never really gone out and looked for it i've just been asked and okay there's not kind of like any lack of comedy in London for by any means. Yeah. But I am more cautious about who I do want to work with and things going forward because I don't want to just the 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 main thing I do with my nights is I put on nights that I would want to perform at. Yeah. And realistically starting off in the open mic circuit, it's rough and you do go to a few strange gigs where there's two people in the audience and they're both yep. talking the whole time and I would never want to do a show like that again. <laughs> so I thought I'd make shows that what I that I want to do where it's it is a bringer, but hopefully yep. that will be changing just because sometimes every now and then it the nights can be a bit quiet and I always want there yep. to be an audience. And I pay for ads for every single show out my own pocket. Um, so to make sure that there is an audience. So like for Tuesday's show, uh, next Tuesday, I've uh, just had a look before we got on, and I've got 72 seat reservations for that. Okay. Yeah. And that's kind of so how, roughly say, so numbers how that I get every time. And I mean, I've still got the ads running until Tuesday, so I reckon it'll probably yeah. be about 100. Wow. That's that's impressive for a, yeah. a, a London open mic. 
Exactly, yeah. And I think that's something that people aren't really doing as much. I don't really get ads for open mic nights. I don't see them advertised to me. And it is the thing of, it's a free night of comedy. If you don't like it, you can leave. And I think that's probably not the the, the thing that I should be saying, but it it is an open mic. Like, I do get every kind of form of comedy on. And sometimes they're not good. And sometimes they make the whole audience feel a little bit weird, but I still give them <laughs> one chance um, yeah. before remembering their name and potentially not sending out emails to them in the future. Um, <laughs> but yeah, no, I try and advertise for it like a normal comedy show because we do get some really good acts in and they are yeah. making people laugh and they do need comedy is the only, one of the only things that you can, you can't practice it by yourself. You can say the words out loud, but you can't get a reaction until you do it in front of people. And I found that it's so much easier to make a room full of 300 people laugh than it is like 30 because it travels. I want, I want as many people down in there. I haven't got 72 seats down, but it has ended up where there are people standing at the back. But I know for a fact that, 72 seat reservations normally means probably about 50 people turn up so i always want to make sure i'd rather have it be like almost exclusive where people can't get in because it's going to be so good than um just not enough empty chairs and things like that yeah so this i I assume like the seat reservation then isn't actually a um isn't like a kind of paid ticket it's a it's a free ticket that somebody can use to reserve and then uh I assume there's, uh, from what I remember, there was a collection at the end, just a, like, yeah. a bucket collection for anybody that wanted to donate anything. Mm-hmm. That's one. So, yeah, with the reservation, so all of the ads that I run kind of push you to my website where the show details are. And then it says to reserve seats, please put your details in and um, we'll basically do that. It's a reservation in the sense that, yeah, I there will be a seat reserved for you. But that's because I know roughly what that's going to turn out as. I've had it yeah. where if I have uh, like 100 reservations, realistically, I think 50 to 60 people will actually turn up. But it's a way of getting yes. people to do that little bit of like, yeah, we'll, we're going to go to this. And also it sends an email the day before reminding them and things like that. So it's a system I've all yeah. built into my website that does it automatically. So, yeah, that is quite nice. And, yeah, it is a, it is a, a bucket at the end of the night. Um, I tracked, I rehearsed my bucket speech more than I do my own set sometimes because <laughs> I have found that keeping the humour even whilst I'm asking for your money that is quite helpful and I always say like look yeah. thank you for supporting live comedy we couldn't do it without you uh, if you would like to come out and um, give a little bit of money we do appreciate it but if you can't just come to another show that's payment enough yes no, that, that's that's a nice way of doing it I think hmm. I don't like force so, anybody anymore no, the knife <laughs> is off putting. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So one of the things I wanted to, I guess, mention is that uh, one of the nice things you seem to do on your nights is that you um, you record everybody. Mm-hmm. Yep. No um, cost involved. Which, I'll ask. Yeah. It's worth a try. But yeah, yeah. Um, I've I've done shows before, and what I found was that the times that you really want to watch the videos are when you haven't done great because you want yeah. to see why 
And I think that I've certainly before, I've paid 11 quid to get a video of me doing shit. <laughs> and I kind of feel like if you if you want the video, you'll get it for free. Um, I will ask it for a little bit of money, but it doesn't matter if you don't have to. Um, at the end of the day, it is you're performing for me. So you're doing me a favour. So the least I can do is, is kind of like, I, I'm not at a point where I can pay every act. I'd love to get to that point. But it is just the fact of I want to provide a space for people and also a service because at the end of the day, you're without the comedians, there it would just be me doing our long show. No one wants to see that. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, you never know. <laughs> Not just quite yet, anyway. <laughs> Have you got an hour's worth of material? I I can do it. <laughs> I've probably got in total material that I feel good with doing on stage 20 minutes but again hosting nights and running my own nights has been a lovely way to polish it because i'm seeing yeah. so many different comedians go up there so many different styles so and also when when i'm on my own nights like i'm willing i've got free reign to try and try out new material as and when i want is i'm yeah. not kind of binding myself to the five minute timeline that's given to people if i'm having fun i'll just stay up there and i'll do as long as i want so no one can tell me otherwise yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so um i guess i guess one of the main things for any comedian that's actually listening to this is that hasn't performed is how do they go about applying so um i try and make it as easy as i possibly can um i've got on my instagram i've got a pinned uh, pin post with the detailed instructions on how to do it, which is basically just sign up for the mailing list. Um, the mailing list, I, I send out an email around two weeks before each show, sometimes a month, depending on how on top of things I am, which isn't very often. And um, yeah, just reply to the email and tell me what days that you can do. Um, so originally I was using things like gig gag, but mm -hmm. I've just reached a point now where I don't need to like even for this month, uh, the beginning of the month I sent out for just for two shows, um, I sent out the email and I think I ended up with probably about 80 or 90 emails. So it, okay. it's, I'm not looking, I'm not like trying to get acts. That's, that's not really the issue. It's just trying to get enough yeah. space to get everybody on. And I've, of course I like to do diverse lineups. I don't want to just see the same people over and over again i want to see new faces and i i understand that comedy crowds are full of all different people from all walks of life why would i show them just one kind of act so i like to book it to make sure that that kind of every base is covered as well but yeah no i'm with the emails i give people three days to reply and if they don't reply i give out their spot but i keep people up to date as much as possible so even today when i'm um before we got here i've started up uh, editing the videos of uh last week i'm trying to go through the emails and i've got them down to 62 now so that's that's a good number of emails that actively need replying to yeah okay that's pretty good so so you're getting 80 80 email replies for how many spots in total two. is that for, for two for two two weeks worth of um, yeah, and that's some people saying, oh, can I get on both? Can I get on one? Can I get on this one, not that one? Um, yeah. And yeah, I've, I've found that the longer I kind of give it, the more uh, responses I get. But then it means that there's longer, I find that longer times when people booked in, you get a lot more dropouts because people forget and things like that. And yeah. 
one of the things that I do is I always overbook my nights because it's an open mic. You're not being paid to be there. Like, I don't feel bad about people not turning up if like, or just like canceling on the day. I know that life gets in the way, especially with bringer shows. But um, yeah. I do say to quite a few people, like if their bringer has dropped out, I'll say, look, just make it up for come to a show in the future or something. We'll work something out. Or on the yeah. odd occasion where I go and do other shows, I've got a, lo- a list of people who owe me owe me one. So I'll just call them up and be like, can you come be my bringer for this competition? Yeah. No, I think that's actually quite a good way of doing it. Because it's always um, some, some nights where you see, um, oh, you know, if you don't have a bringer, then you can't perform. Does that mean that that spot's not being filled? Yeah. So you you end up with the gap, and you, you, I guess with with a lot of people, if you don't have the bringer, if you leave it to the very very last minute, and you turn up and you go, oh, you know, I've not got a bringer, and you've done it more than once, then you, you might be taking the mickey. Yeah, and you, at the end of the day, it's not booking. I've I've had I have had it where I've I've said to somebody like, oh, if they've messaged me and said, look, uh, my bringer's just dropped out, I went, do you know what? It's fine. I've got a lot of people in. This fine will come down, and then the second second time, I'm kind of like, well, all right, did you a solid on the first one at least? The the, <laughs> yeah. the only one that actively bothers me is when people turn up and then go, oh, I haven't got a bringer. So well, you could have emailed or told me. I'm not like I, I normally am like, yeah, it's fine. But on certain nights where I would like a few more people in, is mm-hmm. to get the crowd there, and it's not just for me being like, I want to make lots of money. It's no, I want there to be a crowd because. I'm going to go up there and I'm going to try and be funny. So I want it to be as easy as possible. Um, But yeah, no, it's it's one of the things. And I always book, I book about 15 to 16 acts. And then realistically, it's 12 to 13. Because I like to have my show start at seven and I like to be finished by 9.30. So I like to be, because I I do all my shows after I finish my day job. So I'm tired. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> no i i get i get that it's the uh yeah sometimes if the, you've got the nights that run on for far too long it it, it feels a little bit it, it becomes more tiring for for the audience as well and if the audience it just makes it harder for people going at the end yes yeah. you because oh, everybody's yeah. either drunk or tired because i've done yeah. some shows where it's like ending at like 11 o'clock and we've been there since like eight and it's kind of like yeah. Yeah, everyone's a little bit sleepy and they're not getting the responses that some things deserve. So, yeah, no, I like to have it quite brief and quite down like that. But I've had some nights go longer, but as long as things are going well, I can kind of, it depends on how much material I I do in between acts. If if I know that I've had a few cancellations, then I'll do a little bit longer. But um, what I try and do is also book a a 10 spot um, to close out the first half as well. Just somebody that I know um yeah that i know is funny that because i always tend to lose a few people at the lunch uh at the break sorry um, it is the yeah. fact of if there's been a few not as strong acts at the end yeah. some people are like do you want to stick around to see the rest no no leave <laughs> so i like to kind of finish on with somebody i know who's funny who um, at least that way kind of it kind of points off going look there's going to be more good stuff uh stick around but with it being a free comedy night it's, it's never like enough to worry about it's not like a mass walkout no no so have you ever had anybody um famous grace the stage yet 
No, hey, not really. Currently famous or what about if you think is anybody you've seen who you thought will go on to? The There's a few level? people that I'm. I mainly just see them grafting, and I think that you've got to put the hours in as much as possible. I've got people yeah. that I've got like the same few people who every time I send an email out will reply, and yeah. when they're good, I like to give them the space that to actually try, but I'm also making sure that other people do get on as well. Yeah, I think there's a few mm-hmm. people who definitely have a career in comedy and um, kind of going forward, but yeah, it's just time will tell, and it's what how much you put in. And I think yeah. one of the things is I want to kind of see people do that because I want to have a video of like with my little slap and giggle logo being like, oh yeah, they performed for me. Now they're off doing yeah. big things because it's it's like a self-absorbed way of making myself feel like I've helped. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you've given somebody the, the the space and the time to grow in mm. some kind of way, haven't you? And it's I guess that's some kind of self-satisfaction. So I think it was... um. I think it's Kyle at GMB always says his aim is to get people not to perform at his Yeah, yeah he's, he said that to me and as well. into bigger things. <laughs> yeah, it's, but, an, it's, like, it's like that dating app where they're like, the, the aim of this dating app is to be deleted. Like, that's what GMB is. But... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what's the, uh, I guess this is, this is always quite, can be quite a funny thing, is sort of memorable moments from the nights you've run. Are there... What's, there must be some kind of um, disasters. Yep. Uh, without naming any names, any stories you'd like to recount, or would you rather not? Oh, no. I don't uh, somebody, <laughs> we're putting ourselves out there. If you can't, if, like, if I've had a stinker, I know I've had a stinker. But the ones yep. that, that, that get me is very alternative comedy. I, yep. I, I don't know why. Um, but I've seen people really try some stuff and it's just fallen on deaf ears of, I I think the kind of crowds that I get in and the kind of the people I tend to book myself, I am a pure, quite high energy, tell some jokes, try and make people laugh. And there are some people out there who find making a whole room full of people feel uncomfortable was funny, which yeah get what they want (laughs) just lots of people like i've had it a few times where at gigs where people have come a few times where someone's one of them was somebody who i'm not not quite sure what you could even call it but she pushed herself onto the stage on a skateboard with a broom and then like shouted at people for like four minutes and it it was quite odd to the point where people in the audience were looking at me. Like, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't do anything with this. I'm, I'm going to give everybody... The only reason I'd ever stop a gig is if somebody was just being, like, rude, sexist, racist, anything like that. But otherwise, people get their yeah. five minutes. and I mean, they've got to do it to get better. But, yeah, just alternative comedy isn't always my thing. <laughs> no, oh, fair enough. What about some of the... Um positive more memorable ones have there been ones where you've just seen the room just in absolute raptures at what somebody's done on stage and oh yeah we've we've killed we've it. had it quite a few times of like applause breaks and everything like that i've seen some great comedians make people laugh and it is the thing of 
you, it is instant gratification of when you can like level a room and like you have to wait for people to start to calm down and all it does is it just kind of creates a nice vibe and i've yeah. i've got a, a clip of me that i need to put up of i had someone who come on stage and we was a bit alternative and a bit odd and there wasn't many jokes it was just kind of shouting and i don't know if i saw yeah. shouting and I thought, I need to win this crowd back. So I picked up a chihuahua from the crowd and just went on stage and did crowd work with the chihuahua for a bit. And everybody loved it. it I did like two minutes just holding a chihuahua and talking to a chihuahua. It was my uh, yeah. girlfriend's sister's dog. And I went, I give it here. I've, I've, I want to try this. And it, I mean, the second you walk on stage with, with big man like myself and a tiny little dog, yeah. everyone's like, oh, like a little comedy duo. And the dog just yeah. looks absolutely just like not having a clue what's going on. <laughs> so if in doubt, small dog. Yeah, I was at a gig actually a gig the other day where um, one of the comedians brought their dog along, and it was another little dog. I don't know. I, I like dogs, but I don't know what what they're called. And it, it sat by the stage just looking up at him. And it was it was the most adorable thing I think I've seen for a long time. Just just sat there. Ass on the ground, just looking up at its dad, going, "Go on, dad, give it some," and it was just brilliant. Yeah, I've, I've been heckled by dogs a few times. I was doing a show at the Coin Laundry, and I don't know why, but they decided this group of people to sit in the front at the front of the Coin Laundry. We've I've kind of got it, so it's like biggest, taller seats at the back, middle seats in the middle, and then I've got two really low sofas. So they sat there with a corgi. And the corgi was absolutely brilliant for everybody, apart from me. Just whenever I would do, like, any jokes or anything, it would bark at me. And then everybody yeah. else had no issue at all. So I took that one personally. <laughs> so I guess um, uh, it's a question I've asked a lot of comedians as well over over the last few weeks but one question that i haven't really asked many promoters as such is what's the one thing you'd like to see change on the open mic comedy circuit i think just kind of nights cultivating an audience just mm. trying to get people to come to a show and like, repeat it and and actually want to go again and it's the kind of thing of yeah. Even before I started doing any form of stand up, like I tried going to a few different nights and there was there's never anything that of them trying to keep you as like a audience member. It is kind of if you want to come and see open mic comedy, it's a gamble. It is a roll of the dice. You can have absolute lovely nights where all of the acts are on fire and um, everyone's having a great time. You go out of it and think, oh, that was good. And then you yeah. just forget about it because there's there's nothing kind of trying to keep you there there's nothing kind of saying like oh we do this and it's amazing just kind of saying to people i've got we do this every two weeks come back it's going to be different if you've had fun there's a high chance you're going to have fun again and it is just yeah. the fact of a lot of the open mic circuit is an open mic and although mine is open in the sense that anyone can apply it doesn't matter how experienced you are I want it to be a show where I want the audience to have fun. I want the comedians to have fun. And most importantly, I want to have fun. I don't want to, if, if I ever started doing shows and I've sat there and thought, 
what am I doing? I'll stop. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not going to put people through uh, an experience where no one's having fun. That's more of a hostage situation than it is yeah. stand-up comedy. So, yeah, for me, it's just kind of nights just kind of saying, right, let's create an audience. And you see it in places like uh, Manchester, Beat the Frog, um, King Gong, um, which are technically like granted gong shows, but they are, yeah. they do get people who go, I want to go and see this. And it's, they yeah. don't know who's going to be there, but they want to go because they know that it's going to be a laugh. And part of that, fortunately, I, I tend to host a lot of my nights, but it falls on me where if I'm having an off day, I I feel bad about it because I I should be the way I always see MCing is you're with the audience you're also watching it you have got to kind of steer the night and when you, you can't have somebody go on stage who doesn't do brilliantly you can't go on stage and be like oh wasn't that fantastic that was brilliant because the audience won't believe you and then yep. you've kind of lost that trust between you and them kind of going oh that's a bit odd where if somebody goes up and says something funny and uh, does a good set i'll talk about it if someone does not great i'll try and add some laughter not i won't ever be mean yeah. be like wow shit but i'll i'll yeah. like riff off something they've said and try and get a laugh and yeah i think just more more there's so many open mics and i mean you can literally get up every day of the week if you wanted to but the good ones are the ones that people want to apply to and I think the fact that I've still got people who do my nights and want to keep on doing it, it shows me that I'm doing something well. Yeah. Yeah, I was, I was, I, I, I not to, as I say, blow smoke up your ass, but the, when I walked into Never Forever and you walk into like the, the basement where it is, it's, it's, it immediately has a feel of a, almost like a purpose built area for it. Mm. rather than a corner of a pub or something else it's got it's got something there and yeah you you see the seats laid out and you see the stage and you can see where everybody should be sitting and where everybody should be looking yeah and i think that's such an important thing of you have got to kind of guide people because if you leave audiences the first thing they'll do is go sit at the back where no yes, i want you yes. to go sit at the front and i will actively go and say go sit at the front because it's much more it's going to be much more fun for everybody um and i do think like a lot of american comedians who are always posting crowd uh crowd work has kind of made everybody scared to sit in the front row so yeah. sometimes i put a fake front row in i just put a load of seats uh... and then <laughs> just before the show starts i pick up all the chairs and move them off i went you're the front row now yeah. and because yeah. it it's not so I know that it's going to be fine. And if somebody was being horrible, I would say something. But it's just talking to people. Even then, it's an open mic. You shouldn't be doing much crowd work. Just try and try and get your jokes out and try and be funny. And then later down the line, see if you can include the audience. That's a, that's a, something I see every now and then. A very new comedians being like, oh, in conversation, I'm funny. They try a few jokes. Yeah. Doesn't go down well. And they think, well, I'm just going to talk to people then. And so, well, if you can't do the stuff you've already written don't try and do it off the off the dome yeah that that, that generally genuinely doesn't generally doesn't go very well does it Just no the cuff stuff I've, I've done it before where you kind of you feel like something isn't working and then you want to say something else and then your brain just go and my brain just takes over and goes don't don't do it because you just know yeah. 
you've not prepared. It's like if you come back to, I don't know if you've ever done it, where you've done a set, you come back to an old set and you've not prepared for that old set to be revisited. Mm. And then you go and do it. And then as you're saying the bits that you know, you realize you've forgotten something earlier and then you get yourself into a muddle and then it becomes a mess and you're just not with it. And then you just yeah. make everything else look terrible and you've given a really bad account of yourself. And I'm talking about this from experience in the last <laughs> couple of weeks and it's horrible. <laughs> it's absolutely horrible. It happens to everybody. And like, yeah. I, I've seen it before where you, you see like the freeze, I call it, where someone just kind of goes, yeah and i've had mixed like re- reactions not reactions like responses of i'll just try and get the crowd to make as much noise as i can just for a few seconds where it just takes the takes all of the eyes off the comedian gives them a second to kind of get everything kind of get back in their head and kind of go from there uh, i know i've done it I've i've got a bit where i talk about living at my parents house and all of the silly little signs that they've got up everywhere. And there's two signs and they both have similar things. And I've done it before. I've got on stage and just said the first one twice. I went, <laughs> well, you already knew that one actually. Um, so yeah, it is, it is of always having, I always have like a little backup joke that if I blank out, I just go, right. I know I can say this because this joke can fit anywhere and it can go anywhere yeah. in the set. So it gets a few laughs, and by then I can go, oh, yeah, that's what I wanted to do with that. So yeah. that's what I'd say. Just always have a backup. Always have something that you can pull out and just be like, quick laugh as you re-recuperate. Yeah. So uh, so basically for the comedians, then, we're talking that your nights are pr- predominantly five-minute sets with mm-hmm. a 10-minute headliner at some mm-hmm. point. First half, second half, I assume. That's correct. And I'm, I've actually just... Um, agreed with uh the coin laundry um that we're going to start doing a monthly ticketed pro show so it's basically going to be using some of the people um from the open mic and all my all my shows are competitions it's like a friendly competition so whoever wins the clap off at the end um i normally give them a a silly prize and or a bit of cash or something but i never like advertise it as like a massive thing because some people are a bit daunted by that but it's just a bit of fun yeah like the the prizes have been once i just gave somebody a head of lettuce just (laughs) made me laugh and i've once it was just 50 quid cash and then yeah last last week it was a old plate i bought at a charity shop that i wrote on, on it on paint marker saying slap and giggle winner and then i duct tape yeah. the tenor to the back of it like it's just oh, nice. silly and it's like i like it because it's it means that people can go home and be like why have you got an old like yeah. man's plate with slap and giggle written on it and like it's just funny um but yeah so using some of the acts that i've seen are good um to do five minute sets um at the beginning and then I'm going to have two 10 minutes um, who, in the future, I've got some friends of mine uh, to do them who I know have good 10s. And then basically I'm paying out of pocket for this one just as a proof of concept. of I'm, I've am i spoken to a few agencies about getting a headliner to come and close out the show doing 20 minutes. So that's money I'm yeah. putting in myself. I'm very much expecting to have a bit of a loss from that. But 
there's a good yeah. night of comedy. Hey, I'll lose a few quid. I mean, I've, 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 I'll make it back hopefully with the bucket of the, the, yeah, the open mic. So yeah, it's more of the love of the game, and also they really want me to put one on. So it'd be good to get something like a, a, a name that people know or, or somebody off the telly. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think those are they're also good nights for um, comedians to go to, whether they're actually performing or not. Hmm. Because it's, when I say comedians, I mean like the open mic comedians, in that they can then go and watch somebody. I don't want to say the word professional, but you know what I mean. Somebody yeah. who's established professional and watch them do their craft. You know, ten feet away from them um, in a little venue that they've been on that stage. Exactly. You can learn so much as a as a comedian from that kind of thing, and I think that's that's one of those things where I think open mic comedians that get the chance to go to some of these more experienced nights, even as a punter, should just take advantage because I think the especially if you're new, the amount of learnings you can get on how somebody can handles themselves on a stage, mm. what they can do. And by you giving the opportunity for other people to see that, it can only be a positive thing. Exactly. And I mean, since I've started my own nights, I don't tend to do other people's shows. And I tend to just do my shows because I've only got limited time and I'm tired all the time. And I (laughs) just want to go to bed and I want to rest. And I don't want to be out spending money, staying out late. I'd like to just be at my own shows. And that's one of the things of I'm trying to kind of change where I'm, I'm going to try and go to more pro nights and I'm going to try and go to more like ticketed stuff and kind of see yep. what they're doing and what's working there. Because previously I was just going to open mics and seeing how an open mic should be run. And I think going forward, mm-hmm. I want to kind of see how shows are run and kind of go from yep. there to create a better thing. And it will basically, and it will blend over from the open nights I intend for the future for if you win the clap off at the end, you get a five minute spot on another show. And that's a non bringer. That's you can go do the five and you can leave all goes well. You can get tens. And I'm not at the point where I can pay every single act on the, on the first show, but I'm trying to, because I'm trying to, if I sell it out, then I'll try and give everybody a bit of money. But even if I sell it out, I will probably still lose a few quid, but it's I'm just trying to get my friends and people who've helped me out and people who, who owe me one and things like that to come down. <laughs> so yeah, it's a lot of, of things like that. And I'm hoping that going forward, it will be a monthly thing where I can get a nice pro show on and it will help. I can promote it at the open mic night where people get in for free. And then with the pro shows, I can promote the open mic. It'd be like, if you like what you see, some of the people here have come from my night that I do here on Tuesdays that's free to enter come down for that It'd be lovely to see you and it's just kind of one hand feeding the other so going forward that's the kind of thing i do want to do of just kind of build up a proper audience where i don't want to be paying for ads i, I i'll be fully honest with you for every show i probably spend 50 quid on ads yeah and that's just to get people in and that is me potentially not making money Mm-hmm. And so I've got to try and put the work in and because I want the audience members there. So, yeah, it's, yeah, yeah. it's a gamble on nights if I make money or not. And I've had one, I've had two where I've uh, run it at a loss, but I've learned from it and I've moved from it. But yeah, I'm not yeah. looking to be a millionaire. Be nice, but I'm just looking to <laughs> make a few quid. And hopefully, like, I love comedy, which is why I do it. 
I and yeah. the reason I started was I was drunk on a train coming back from a party and an ad come up and it said, Do you think you're funny? Um, raise money for charity. I went, Yeah, sure, put all my details in and they sent me an email like three weeks later being like, Oh, your first course thing is here for <laughs> so ever since then I've just thrown myself in it. Oh, that's cool. It's uh, it's nice to hear like a, a it's it's always nice to hear somebody as a promoter that loves the comedy they're doing and wants to just see good comedy and wants yeah. to be part of the scene because I think one thing I've learned from doing this is that the 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 open mic circuit is very much a community. There's it's, there's group chats. There's lot. so many group chats. <laughs> yeah, you, you see so many of the same faces and stuff like that, and uh, people you know, wanting to come and go and do things. And I don't know, you, you see, I have it where you see some of the same faces, but you don't necessarily remember their names or whatever. But as soon as they get up on the stage and start doing it. It's instant. You go, oh, this is the yeah. person that jokes about their dog being hit by a car. Like, it's yes, always exactly. just the strangest things and you know to expect it. And it's nice because you do see people progress. Like, I've, yeah. I remember, like, from my first show that I've ever done, um i saw even last week somebody who that was also their first ever show where they just signed up to do an open mic and he was like connor how are you mate like and he was performing at one of my nights and he went up and he did really really well and i i spoke to him after and went you can see that you've been really trying at it and it is nice of just seeing people get better and it's taking chances on people going from there yeah, it's nice, and especially if someone's funny, and then you see them two months later, and they're funnier, even better. Yeah. But yeah, I, d- I have had a few people where I'm like, I've booked you probably too many times now. Let's have a little break <laughs> because I could do your set, and I, it would not make sense. Like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, fair enough. Well, I think that kind of um, on that kind of end, it brings this podcast to a nice kind of end so what's all the um the socials that people can find you on and i'll link these all in the description of the podcast as well yeah sure so it's at slap and giggle um surprisingly no one had taken that um um <laughs> yeah at slap and giggle uh the email was slap and giggle comedy at gmail.com because someone had taken slap and giggle at gmail gmail.com which wow raises more questions than answers um yeah, my name's Connor Lahane. Uh, you can find me. My my own Instagram is Connor Stand Up. Um, I'm in the process of getting a work phone because I I realise how many people try and get hold of me via calling and texting and things like that, and I, my phone's full. And I just want to have one phone that I can turn on, have people contact me, like texting and WhatsApping and things like that, because I mainly communicate yep. via email and i've got 62 emails so yeah i've had people try and ask to call me and i don't like giving out my personal number because yeah. i've had it before in jobs where you give people your personal number and then you're getting called at three o'clock in the morning when you should not be being yeah. spoken to so yeah i'm gonna try and sort that out so that will be on the instagram as well but Instagram's my main hub and um, to anybody who's watching this and didn't think i'm an absolute idiot and wants to perform at one of my shows or anything like definitely get in touch um Every now and then, uh, if, if bringers aren't your thing, which I think is completely fair enough, that's its own conversation. I try and do um, on some of my bigger shows, and um, I let one person have a non-bringer um, just in yeah. kind of return for helping me take some pictures and helping me with timing because I'm awful at admin. 
So bad. And <laughs> you would think even just something as simple as sitting down and pushing start on a stopwatch would be easy. But I I do not. I've just like I sit there sometimes. So I'm like, I wonder how long they've done. I have no idea. So, and also I smashed the back of my phone, so I can't take pictures with it. So just having someone I can say, can you just take some pictures and like remind me not yeah. to, to remind me to do my job? Because I think that, yeah, if I've got enough space, I might as well have a few non-bringers. Yeah, no, I understand that. Cool. Thank you for that. Um, and for us on the podcast, you can find us on Instagram, at Open Mic Comedy Pod. We're on all the W's at openmiccomedypod.com. Uh, please follow and review this podcast on your favourite providers apps. It does help boost the amount of people that can see it. And also share it with anyone you think would enjoy it and especially share it with uh, other comedians especially this episode because if there's a uh, comedians out there haven't performed a slap and giggle that fancy giving it a go the details are all here so until next time thank you connor thank you mark and uh, until next time stay funny on stage and i'll speak to you all very soon <laughs>